Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to where our woolly cast of weirdos spend their days watching so-called TV news or spews. And they ask us, who would want to do this for a living? It's the Newsbusters podcast, keeping up with everything that comes across in all these network channels. Joining me today to discuss guns and other issues, but maybe not too many other issues. Nick Night Train Fondacaro, associate editor of Newsbusters. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on. We won't try to spend too much time questioning whether Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. Well, we already have uh, Nathaniel Hackett going to the Jets, which I'm not looking forward to. <laughs> I just learned today from our, one of our tech people that uh, who is a Broncos fan that they had to chant the timer, the, 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 the play clock for him because he doesn't know when it is and he needs to call the timeout. Well, this would explain why he's no longer a Broncos coach. But yes, I, I try as a Packers fan, I don't pay any attention to what goes on in off seasons with old quarterbacks who can't decide what they're going to do with the rest of their <laughs> lives. I just let it go. Let it go. Okay, so let's start with the usual insanity. From The View, one of your specialties. Yes. Joy Behar. Uh, well, she's never going to be glued. She's like perpetually unglued. Mm. Uh, you wrote she was clearly referring to private gun ownership and support for the Second Amendment when she suggested there was a mental illness in America. Let's listen. We're up, we're between Venezuela and Brazil with the most mass shootings. We've had like, what, what was the stat? Like 29, there were 40 mass shootings in the first 24 days of this year. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, there's like a mental illness going on in the country that has to be stopped immediately. And I believe that Joe Biden is trying to do something, but it runs up against these people who are getting money from the gun lobby and who, who want to keep that going. It's yeah. disgraceful. Yeah. Uh, so, Nick, we want to keep mass shootings going, apparently. Exactly. That That's... <laughs> the, 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 that's th this is this thing that happens in the liberal media when they talk about the gun issue that, that I absolutely hate. It, it comes up mostly with the gun issue. It's that if you agree with them, you are for some sort of death, destruction. You don't care about lives. Hence, you're not actually pro-life. It, it's, it's your... It's... If you oppose us, you are literally for death and destruction, like literally killing people. Yeah, I mean, if you criticize them, then you're responsible for all death threats against them. And if you if you suggest you don't agree with their choice of genders, you're for their suicide. Exactly. It, 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 this is the argument from intimidation. It does get oh so tiresome, which is probably why we write about it. But, I mean, the, the mass shootings in California are a little bit embarrassing because that's a state with some pretty strict gun laws, and these things are still happening. And that's where, to me, when they all come out and say, we need all these universal background checks and so on and so forth, and it's like, well, if these keep happening, I think it sort of suggests that your strict gun control isn't exactly a panacea. Exactly, and especially when you have California, the strictest gun laws in the country, and even the, the politicians there don't know really how their own laws work, because PBS was talking with a um, with Congresswoman Chu, and she was basically saying, like, it's the ridiculous thing, He's, she claimed the... Um, uh, the park uh, shooter, um, the name Monterey Park, Monterey yeah. Park shooter, had evaded 
their gun laws by buying it at quote a gun store as opposed to a typical store. Huh? Well, they, they always get upset because usually, again, in mass shootings, the weapon is legally obtained because mm-hmm. the shooter, in most cases, does Has not no- have a criminal background. Exactly, and they and they they claim these background like they're like people. Most people are for universal background checks. Yes, people are for universal background checks. They already exist. Well, and then it's it's really easy to get people to agree to things that sound reasonable, which is a different question from, is this something that actually prevents these things from happening? And I I mean that's the problem they have, yeah. and it, I mean this is an embarrassing thing to be happening in California, and of course the other embarrassing thing sort of was that. The, the immediate assumption when Asians are shot was, well, it's probably some mega whitey. <laughs> well, that, it was that, a 72-year-old Asian man. And the other one, 67-year-old Asian man. Yeah, because one that's that's one of the, the things that I saw like in the coverage, too, is it's even though this is somebody from the community who is perpetrating these acts of violence against their own community, they kept hinting at it's like oh this is a community that's been the victim of violence and stuff like that like still trying to say that this is Mm -hmm. some sort of hate against Asians just like trying to hold on to the threat of it when it's somebody from their own community that's committing these acts and we still don't know the motive it seems like possibly some form of uh, mental illness or some sort of distress that the guy was in and they're they're still trying to hold on to it as this this racist hate, like if it was like the Buffalo shooter or somebody. Yeah, I mean, I th- and I think the other thing that's interesting is the way that they, the, the you know they come running around and start defining mass shootings. And I think when yeah. most people hear mass shootings, they think of something like this, where exactly. somebody shows up in a public place and Indiscrim- shoots at innocent people who had it, no idea indiscriminately shooting it, it's ba- or, or in some cases it's like they go there and it's like a mass version like a, a big way to have suicide by cop yeah and it in it, you they the the term mass shooting you think it's like uh, the aurora movie theater right any school shooting where right. where they're like uvalde or um uh, Parkland, but I mean, they, to me, when their definition is what three or four, it's like it's, is yeah. that mass? Basically, it's it's it's. I believe it's four people in in the that that are involved in the shooting who are, who, who just get shot. They don't even need to die, right? Um, and then they and then yeah. of course they this, they say how terrible is America that it has all these mass exactly. Shootings. And this 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 definition is what they're using to say that there's been forty mass shootings this year. In the first three weeks. In the first three weeks. So basically between... Two a day. Yeah, basically two a day where you're having, like, since the, the, the Monterey Park shooting, you between then and now, there, there's a, supposedly been seven mass shootings. And they, they're not covering them. And they're getting, the, like, the definition that this this comes from is the gun violence archive, which is something that we here at Newsbusters have been debunking for a, a little bit now because their, their, their definition is so broad it's those four people shot in any single singular incident and that's how you end up with these numbers where it's it could be gang violence where it's a bunch of gang members shooting at each other right. or a, a tragic case of family where it's one person carrying out an act against their family in one location at the house right and they're counting it as a mass shooting and it, it creates this this fog over what actually is going on out there and they're thinking that there are mo- there were 40 malls right 
this year shot up 40 schools this year right. and it's like if this is true why haven't you guys been covering this right. and the gun violence archive itself gets this definition from uh from anti-gun wiki uh not wiki uh anti-gun uh reddit pages way back in the day before they were created and there are there are violent there are places that do track mass shootings there um I gotta find his name right now. It's uh, James Allen Fox. He's, oh yeah, he's with with uh, Northeastern University. He, yeah, he manages. Yeah, yeah, he manages a a, a a mass killings database for the Associated Press in USA Today, and he says that there is average in terms of what fits a mass shooting of pu mass public killing in a public place. There's about nine to twelve, eight to twelve of them a year give or take and he even takes issue with the way the gun violence archive has this definition well i think the the problem we have obviously is this is one of those things it's not just on the gun issue the liberal media has a tendency to to feel that people who are just as earnestly passionately liberal as they are are the most reliable source of statistics and exactly. the idea that they're activists doesn't make you trust them less it makes you trust them more Exactly. It's because like, oh, you your heart's in the right place. You're doing it for the right reasons. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, because even even uh, Mr. Fox, uh, he, he, he even says like they're, they create like confusion with, with this, when, especially like when yeah, I believe uh, to sort of quote him here, he says an average uh, in, in, by what they're counting. There's an average of one person killed per case, like in half the cases, no one gets killed and three quarters. There's either none or one person that gets shot. See, and then most of us really do think of a mass shooting. I mean, and this is what you're saying. Not all these get reported. Why? Because, yeah, the, the, the news business has uh, you can call it cynical or crude or what or unfeeling. But it's a it's a death tally. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, we had this whole discussion here about violence against pro-life centers yes. or vandalism against pro-life centers. I'm like, nobody died. That's one reason why they can say, well, we're not covering it. If somebody gets shot in a church, mm -hmm. then maybe we'll cover it. But if you're just vandalizing the doors, we're, that's, to, to us, that doesn't matter unless, of course, you do it to an abortion clinic. That might upset them more. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, obviously... Right. Every mass shooting where nobody dies, they're not that's not going to get covered in the same way as these things in California. The so we were talking about P PBS anchor Amna Navaz. She took over for Judy Woodruff, she and Jeff Bennett. Mm -hmm. And you said she was pushing Judy Chu, but you thought there was one part of this was that was especially worth listening to. Let's take a listen. California has some of the strictest gun control laws in the country. Studies show that those laws are effective, but they are apparently not enough in a country where gun ownership is considered a constitutional right. We should recognize that California has restrictive gun laws only compared to other American states. Compared to the Western industrialized world, for instance, California has some of the loosest and most permissive laws in the world. So California's gun laws uh, do try to re reduce gun violence, but it's still very easy for pretty much anyone to get their hands on a firearm in California. All right. So tell us how yeah. that strikes you. Yes, because so uh, two different things there. So you have Bennett themselves basically himself just like, like sort of complaining, just like this whining that like, like you heard that Gun ownership is considered a constitutional right in America. Yeah, considered? 
the right to free speech is con- considered, like considered a right. Free speech is considered a right in the United States. It, like you ha- like in the United and 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 then in the second part of that that clip where you're basically where they're complaining that California compared to the rest of the world has the loosest gun control, the loosest laws in the world. Yeah. compared to like other countries. Other countries have way stricter free free speech rights. Like in a lot of places, you don't have a freedom of speech. That's why you see people in the UK getting locked up for memes and offensive jokes online. Yes, Cons- compared to communist China, California has loose gun laws. I mean, it, that's not much of a comparison, and yet that's what we get. But yeah, obviously, what you're getting there when people are like, "Well, people consider the Second Amendment a real thing." You know, they're treating the Second Amendment like it's Hunter Biden's laptop. It's not real. We yeah. don't have to believe in it. Or it's it's apparently the center of mental illness if you're Joy Behar. And then uh, we also saw this week uh, CBS anchor Nora O'Donnell uh, had an interview with Gavin Newsom uh, in which he colorfully called the Second Amendment a suicide pact while he was surrounded by armed security. That's an interesting picture. We can all see it. Yeah. She she didn't exactly say it, although she wasn't uh, she wasn't awful. She wasn't Joy Behar like. She did kind of press him a little. Yeah, she does. She does confront him as like that. California has the strictest gun laws in the U.S. and I I feel like it probably could have been stronger. But at least she's like trying to say like your state has every dream, every every liberal pipe dream for a gun law there is, and this is still happening here. Like, the, according, following the gun violence archive stuff, in the span of three days, there were three mass shootings in the state with the strictest gun laws in the country. And he got What's mad happening? and started talking about floods. Yeah. <laughs> I got other problems here in California. I've got the floods. I've got other things going on. Um, one of these interviews, he had the strange smile through it while he's discussing mass shootings. Not not the best thing. Like, you know, are you trying not to cry? What What's with the weird smiling through the discussion of mass shootings? But... I mean, I would give Nora O'Donnell, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. When we try to say, what do we expect them to do? I don't expect her to hammer like Tucker Carlson because Gavin Newsom wouldn't grant that interview. But it's it's mm-hmm. he's there. She's just basically throwing the facts at him like yeah. uh, you have the strictest laws and this is still happening. That to me is not an impertinent question. You know, it's it's like, well, how do you explain this this series of events? Yeah. And like they'll they'll blame it on like, oh, they can go to Arizona or New Mexico, Nevada and get guns and bring them back. It's like they're still bringing the law by bringing them back. Welcome to Chicago. Every time there's violence in Chicago, they blame Wisconsin and Indiana. Yeah, it's it's, it's just the game they play. Yeah. Uh, And but the reality is, yes, you're soft on crime. (laughs) That's the part they never want to focus in on was. You know, the the right to life is also in the Constitution, and when you're soft on crime, you're not so great on the right to life. And speaking of, of stuff they don't want to focus in on, like part of my study when we were looking at the their citations of the gun violence archive is they're ignoring the fact that there is a Georgetown University study, a very extensive study. Uh, it's, it's one of the most extensive studies uh, of guns in America uh, in the last few years. It came out last year, and... Uh, the study found that there are one point over 1.6 million instances of guns being used in self-defense per year in America. And that's, I mean, generally, 
you know, it's what a lot of smaller communities, or maybe the NRAs to have this where they have the armed citizen, where, where mm-hmm. the, the gun, gun rights groups will always tell you, here's all the stories they're not doing about people who defended themselves in their own homes or, mm-hmm. or whatever from, from intruders by, by being armed. Uh, you know, they, they always treat this as paranoia. You know, that you think yeah. you need a gun for self-defense. Obviously, you're sort of some sort of paranoid person or you have an exaggerated sense of your own importance. Yeah, and, and they, they it also comes down to it's like, why do you need an AR-15? It's like, well, one, I don't need to explain to you why I would why I exercise my my rights the way I do. But the other thing is, too, is like they're not from parts of America or they, they really don't have an understanding of parts of America where something like that is necessary. Like, they mocked the idea a few years ago when it's like, oh, there's, like, 50 wild hogs on my property. It's like, oh, 50 wild hogs. <laughs> it's like, Joy, go to upstate New York where wild hogs are decimating the environment up there. Wild hogs are invasive species that destroy the environment. That's a really big threat to upstate communities and rural communities in general is when they're destroying crops, destroying habitat for natural, uh, nat, uh, more natural uh, uh, animals like white-tailed deer, mule deer. Well, and it's state. the same thing where in rural communities, you're like, am I really going to get the cops out here within 20 minutes? Exactly. I mean, that, I mean that. so those things, are obviously, yes, again, Joy Behar is never going to understand that. She, uh, she probably doesn't even understand that there's things called wilderness medicine where it's like, that it's it, it's special like CPR and train techniques. I actually took a course in this in college where it's basically if you're an hour away from a hospital, you're allowed to clear certain medical conditions like be, because you're so far away. Like I was actually able to, when I still had the certification, I was able to clear for a spinal injury because, which is something that even EMS isn't even allowed to clear for uh, because they're within so far, they're they're within an hour of, uh, typically within an hour of uh, a hospital. Now, I know this is a little bit older, but it sort of applies to what we're discussing today. One of the most popular things you've done so far this year is there was an ABC story uh, from Houston mm. on what you called an armed good Samaritan. It was the use of a firearm to foil an armed criminal holding up a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And John Quinones comes in, and he's sort of like saying that because... The gun the crook had wasn't really a serious gun. It was a BB gun. And that was that somehow made it bad. He, yes. they, they made it sound like the guy who saved everyone in the restaurant was the villain. Exactly. Because the, but the guy is using the guy knows that you don't know it's it's not a real gun. And you just see gun being waved in a, a gun shaped thing being waved in your face his intent is for you to believe it is a real gun yep. and rob you of your items and the guy responds is like oh that is a real gun believing the attacker's faint and draws his own gun and shoots him and returns everybody's items and the other thing that Kihonis was like uh, the, the the guy who's made a career out of creating fake racial hoaxes <laughs> and trying to catch people's reaction we'd, to we'd it we'd like to yeah candid camera for the new yeah. new era yeah the Jesse Smollett before Jesse yeah. Smollett yeah uh and the, the 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 guy who the good Samaritan who shot apparently was like getting his lawyers in order before he's stepping up and coming forward to the police because the police wanted to talk to him about stuff because as somebody who when, when you do act in self-defense you there is a chance that you're going to prison for a little bit or at least you might need to make bail or something like that mm-hmm. which is why different insurance is are in are um re- required by some law states which i myself am looking into for in, in case i need to use it for my carry um but uh 
because he was getting his lawyers involved before going to the police, Keonis was treating this guy like he was the criminal on the run. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, and I, you know, it, it's interesting the way you say this because you use the term Good Samaritan. Well, who is the Good Samaritan? Everybody else saw this guy beaten up by the side of the road and didn't want to get involved. And one of the reasons, yeah, people don't want to get involved because, one, you don't want to shoot a guy with a gun because yep. what if you miss? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or whatever. And, and people don't want to get involved because they, yeah, they're afraid of, well, what happens if I try to tackle this guy and he kills me or I have to go to court and people mm-hmm. are all thinking about themselves and not anybody else in that situation. Yeah. So it's, it is in a certain way, a little sick for a network to come out and try to suggest the guy who basically saved the day for people there. Yeah. And say, well, this guy is somehow the rampaging yeah, toxic masculinity of this picture. Yeah, and and, and it's it, it just really shows you that like they are just so anti-gun that even a defensive use of a gun to save other people because he doesn't know if the guy's like okay like because the guy could be like okay now that I have your stuff I might shoot somebody on my way out mm-hmm. even though I have all your things and. He, he doesn't know the full situation of like what this guy is willing to do to the people in the restaurant. The guy sees him. The guy turns away from him. Okay, he's like, good. He's not looking at me. Now it's my time to draw and f- train and fire on him. Mm-hmm. And it, it just shows you that even in a good scenario where a, 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 the good guy with the gun stops the bad guy with the gun, they don't even like that. Well, they'll still find the bad guy. Exactly. Somehow the bad guy and the good guy almost get reversed in this scenario. And that's why when you write about it, people click on it because they're like, what on earth is this? Thing? That's, that's why we see it with a lot with even the police involved shootings where like it's obvious that things were going on. Like the other year when we had when I caught NBC deceptively editing the Michaela Bryant police shooting mm. where they didn't show the knife in her hand coming down on like about literally inches away from stabbing somebody when the cop fired. And they deceptively edited the 911 call to remove the, the, the line about somebody warning uh, dispatch that there's somebody with a knife trying to stab people and NBC was doing this whole thing where it's like there there's video of a cop responding to a scene a guy attacking him feet oh, just lunging at him inches away with the knife at the cop and the cop fires and they're treating the cop as in oh he killed this guy like just the fact that they killed a guy irregardless of the fact that the guy is literally in the process of making a swipe at the cop yeah <laughs> this is when you want to ask them and what if it were you Exactly. This is this. I forget where how old it was. There's there is a video that I saw of like police giving journalists like their training about like this is what ha- like like what would you do if you were a cop in a situation and somebody's like coming at you and the, like one of the journalists just like almost draws immediately and just unloads like the like the, the training gun. Now you guys did this a, a little while back, right? We had some exercise mm. where a bunch of the fellas went yes they, uh, i forget the organization it was it's an organization that basically covers that that, that it, it's i believe that they work with police unions to um sort of like uh, to cover their legal expenses if they're involved in some sort of uh, incident and they they invited a bunch of journalists out it was it was me curtis bill um, a few of us from different departments who who went down there to, to to look at this training, and one of the cool things about this training was that they 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 hooked us up to almost like not like quite hooked us up. There's like a screen that has like lasers and stuff involved, and they give us like a gun, they give us both a, a a training gun that that shoots a laser that gets marked, and then a taser 
the same thing. So it's like you're supposed to know who like work with your partner to be like who has the non-lethal cover, who has the lethal cover, um, and where where are you shooting? Like how are you asking? And it, it was actually really remarkable because it like the, the there's like a guy with a computer. Depending on what you say to the person in the simulation, the computer simulation verbally, like they'll 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 punch into the computer and they'll respond a certain way. And based on like your actions too, and it was like really, and it it, it was really eye opening uh, uh, for like a lot of things. And I can I like the, and when it comes to police involved stuff, like I am one of the I am of the opinion of it's always a case by case basis because there are instances of bad apples, good apples. Right. So it's like whatever. What is the situation you that this officer found themselves in in the split second moment going forward, and. It, well, was, it was really good training, and I, I really wish more people in the liberal media would take so, that sort of so they can get an understanding of this stuff. Yeah, I think part of it for me is they get frustrated because they say, "Well, police really never get prosecuted, or police don't get convicted," and that's because juries, on some level, have a respect for they are putting themselves in danger every time they go to work. Mm-hmm. If you're out in the field, that is something everybody understands. You're out there to protect the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of these situations, you're going to say, I, you know, I understand this. I mean, we're seeing this now with Memphis. We're here on Friday. CNN seems like they're doing Memphis all day today, mm-hmm. leading up to them releasing video tonight. Um, and there's a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, are we making sure everybody's ramped up enough so they go out and riot? But, uh, you know, the, 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 what's weird about this scenario, of course, is that all five policemen are black. Are black. So... <laughs> There goes your white supremacist narrative. Uh, but uh, um, I, I do think the American people have a tendency in a scenario like this to side with police. Now, obviously, if if we're as we're told, they beat him senselessly. Like you saw you sort of saw some of this on the Rodney King video back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, now you're using excessive force. Yeah. Because if the guy's down, the thing about Rodney King that a lot of young people don't understand is like, punch him, punch him, try to get him to come down, and he's on PCP, he gets back up. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, obviously, what a jury would say, I certainly feel like if I was a juror, I would be like, why are you running in the first place? Now, we can question, you know, why was he pulled over? You know, and and sometimes the police reaction is far over does what you know you, you didn't yeah, have a working like, tail light or something exactly <laughs> which is why it's like i'm always like that that's why i take these things on a case-by-case basis because there was like the philando castile case where like oh. where the, the cop pulls him over yeah and philando tells him is like i i have a concealed carry permit i am carrying right now and then the cop gets really nervous by it and gives him conflicting orders of give me your wallet don't move it's those are two different yeah two different things so when the guy when he's trying to give him his wallet the guy fires mm-hmm. and and that that that's why it's like really on a case by case basis and i and i do feel in 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 that instance as somebody who carries myself that that the cop in that instance was yeah was, was deserved wrong. to be deserved to, to be, be fired and and and, uh, and whatever sued full, whatever suits, yeah what, what whatever the, the whatever you can get whatever the law requires that happens should have happened in that case. It's the same but place in, in, in also in Minnesota where yeah 
where the kid, the the cop means to shoot with the taser and shoots with the gun instead. Yeah, and that, that that's definitely like a a ver- that one's a, that one's definitely a way messier situation. Yes. Um. So it, it, uh, that that one I'm I can see both sides of a little bit, and that one I was just sort of like, that one's a really messy. I'll leave this one. I, I'm not going to have a take well, on this one. I'll leave it up to the jury. Still, you know what happens in a lot of these cases is cop loses job, and yeah. for the media that never seems to be enough. And it's mm-hmm. it's sort of like, well, Charlie, I mean, this isn't exactly the same, but, you know, Charlie Rose or, or Matt Lauer can sexually harass people and they lose their job. Yeah. And, you know, you still feel bad for them, but somehow for cops who are in a lot more danger. Yeah. You just don't seem to have any sympathy. Now, speaking of celebrities, let's wrap with this, at least in terms of the guns. The, uh, the ladies on The View who think guns are a mental illness still would come around to defend Alec Baldwin. This is this is another thing that that I get fired up over because as somebody who again who who carries and is prepared for a possible I don't think I, I don't live in a dangerous neighborhood it's it's like I I keep a fire extinguisher in my house just in case my oven catches fire right even though I don't have a gas oven um or a gas stove uh it's my building it's electric yeah do 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 <laughs> um well you live in progressive Alexandria <laughs> Virginia apparently uh. Uh, but but yeah, so they 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 on multiple shows this week they have basically made the argument last week and this week that it's not a it is not an actor's responsibility when they're handed a gun to check it themselves. They're just like they're like oh it's it's like they 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 have treated it like it's this massively complex thing. They're like Joy's like how how do you check if it has bullets? Freaking look. Yeah, she's well, she's again what she's saying is. This is the question where we'd ask Joy, have you ever handled a gun? That that's the other thing too. It's like and, and they don't think they they need to get the, the get the safety train. It's like you're handling a dangerous object. Yeah. And you're on a set that this set apparently has had issues with negligent discharges. They've been caught mixing live rounds and blanks before. And they they've been uh, there was negligent discharges like like they've known that they that bullets have been mixed before and it's not that hard to tell the difference between a blank and a live round like if you're opening the gun to check it they they look completely different it's like the the the, the top of the brass on a blank round is crimped because there's nothing there's there's powder in it so you can get the bang and the smoke but there isn't there isn't no projectile that's going to come out, though you still shouldn't be in front of it because there's still going to be like hot embers right. and unburnt powder that's going to get blasted and hot air that's still going to get blasted forward. But you can tell because there's also there's the little piece of metal at the top of the bullet. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it, it's 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 not this thing. And the fact that you had Anna Navarro, th- this this is a little sick because like Alec Baldwin killed somebody, and she she says, oh, it's a tragedy for the family. They they lost a daughter, a sister, mom, and all yeah. and all this, and a mom. And but there's just it's also was a tragedy for Alec Baldwin's career because he might not be able to come back from it. Yeah, well, this is again where you say they have a lot more sympathy for an actor who is all the same political stance that they do mm-hmm. than they're going to have for a policeman who maybe made a wrong decision. And so obviously, the policeman's lost their job, and they're going to have to go get a job somewhere somehow. You know, work in security at a mall or something. And uh, Alec Baldwin, I mean, does he really need another job? I mean, I mean, I think we should be a little limited in our sympathy. 
uh, you know, clearly, yes, his reputation's taken a bit of a hit. And and I, I'm just sort of noticing this now is when I'm looking at the Navarro quote, and it, it's really just utter tone deaf for her. The, the full quote is, Alec Baldwin in his career, if, this was, if he ever comes back, will never be the same again. This will go on his obituary. Well. He, he made somebody have an obituary. Yeah. I mean... It, it, I don't think that's wrong. It's just yeah. the, it's just the way that they all have to be like. Yeah. Now the, the other question, of course, as someone who we we read newspapers, uh, mm-hmm. it ain't going to be in the first paragraph. I don't think. I think it'll be. It'd probably be in paragraph fifteen. So mm-hmm. don't cry too much. Uh, but I mean, I think that's the. Uh, yeah, it's the misplaced sympathy. Like you're going too far. Yeah. Um, and it, again, I think it's because if obviously if Alec Baldwin were an NRA card toting conservative, there's no way any of these ladies would have this kind of sympathy oh, for him. Oh, it's absolutely. Because even Joy Behar made the argument. She, she pointed out, she's like, oh, like like the she 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 said that the uh, the person prosecuting first, she said the district attorney when it's the special prosecutor in this case is, quote, a big Republican. So she she she's making it sound like going after him is about politics. And she even says as much. She goes, Alec Baldwin is a big target for Republicans. They cannot stand him. OK, I'm just saying. Yeah, well, that's that's them. Yeah, that's them basically yeah. trying to say now you can't trust the prosecutor. Exactly. Because it's political. Um, and, I mean, and that's them again coming overwhelmingly to. You know, I don't know whether they're going to find that it's involuntary manslaughter or what it is, or whether yeah. he's going to go to prison or whether he's not going to prison. But I think what's important, as you've already laid out here, what's important for the public conversation is, yes, the the people making this movie, which includes Baldwin, were clearly negligent in the way they handled these guns. That's mm-hmm. That yeah. should be obvious. And, and he and should be negatively viewed because of that. And that's the base level in New Mexico law for, for um, uh, involuntary manslaughter is like, did you act with some level of negligence? Can negligence be proven on your part? And it's it's I, I personally think he he does meet that standard. I know there's some people that don't believe that that he doesn't could because of this other chain of command. But if I went to a gun range and the range master handed me a gun, told me it was clear and it was a and it was a safe and it had no bu- it, it had either blanks or no bullets in it. And I turned to somebody else and pulled the trigger and killed them. I would be in prison. I feel as an average Joe, I would be in prison. Well, that's always one of these things where there is always a difference in a court situation. Yeah, that who the person is makes a difference. And yes, yeah. part of that is you would not be able to afford the lawyers Alec Baldwin has. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's exactly. true whether you're O.J. Simpson or. Or whoever you are, if you're a really wealthy individual, you're going to get the best defense lawyer you could possibly afford. That mm-hmm. makes a difference. If you're, yep. and if your court case is going to be adjudicated live on CNN, that, that probably makes a difference too. Exactly. But uh, you know, I just think like with the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff, like like that being adjudicated like on national TV is. Well, they never yeah. had any sympathy for Kyle Rittenhouse on the View, just like they True. had zero sympathy for. Uh, for Nicholas Sandman. Yeah, he, he literally just stood there with He's, a smile, trying to be nice to a guy yelling in his face. It was an aggressive smirk. It was a hostile smirk. Assault smirk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I never get over the fact that he, he went on the Today Show and Savannah Guthrie, you know, grilled him in a way she would never grill yeah. 
Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> you feel and responsible. Certainly was a tougher interview than the other guy got. Yeah. The guy that was screaming in his face. Exactly. So, uh, you know, we would like to tell you that when it comes to, well, either The View or whether it comes to the gun issues, we're going to turn to Nick Fondacaro, <laughs> you know. He the goes out. Master. Yes, he goes out to the range with Stephen Gutowski of The Reload, one of our friends, mm-hmm. former MRCer. So, uh, you know, we like to think we've got some expertise to bring to this, and that's why you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.